God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you for joining me today. How do we know that we are loved? Many songs and poems about love speak about feelings, but true love is far more than some sort of feeling or emotion. The word love is used so haphazardly in our culture. We speak about loving different foods and things and places, usually because of the way they make us feel. Take a moment and think beyond the feelings. The feelings are a result of what these foods, things, and places give us. Love is about giving. In your life, who has given you more than Jesus? The Father gave you Jesus as the ultimate gift, and then Jesus, through his sacrifice, has given us all things. Unfortunately, both the Father and Son have been given a bad reputation. Religion tells us that God and his Son are angry at us. God is not angry at all because of the work of Jesus. Jesus is not angry at you because of the love of the Father within him. If you need to know that you are truly loved by Jesus, give a listen. I just listened to my introduction to edit it and make sure everything was fine and realized that my voice is a bit different. I unfortunately caught a cold last week and my voice has changed a bit, but this truly is Dennis Dobbin. I am your host. We must be very careful how we define love. The world's definition of love is about feelings or is about physical stuff, to put it politely. But how does the Word of God define love? We find that in the most quoted verse of the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved that he gave. Such a simple definition, and yet it has escaped so many for centuries. We get the same definition out of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Here we are told how to walk in love by the example of Jesus Christ, who it says, loved us and has given himself for us. Again, love is giving. And here it shows that true love should cost us something. Christ gave himself. As the Father gave his only begotten Son, Christ has given himself as an offering and a sacrifice. It cost him his life. Because of this, we can be sure that we are loved by Jesus. How do I know that by Jesus I am loved? It must be more than just a feeling. From my heart into my eyes revealing, I can know his love to me is healing. I will not doubt the love of Jesus given so free. He took my sin and nailed it to his tree. And from the scriptures I can fully see, he loved me and gave himself for me. The love of Jesus is seen and known by his gifts. Not just one gift of healing, but so much more. Righteousness, joy, and peace to us whom he adores. All this from him his great love has paid for. 
I will not doubt the love of Jesus given so free. He took my sin and nailed it to his tree. And from the scriptures I can fully see he loved me and gave himself for me. Salvation his first gift that brought us to the Father. Now he ever liveth for us to make intercession, reminding the Father he paid for our transgression so that we could know his love in full expression. I will not doubt the love of Jesus given so free. He took my sin and nailed it to his tree. And from the scriptures I can fully see he loved me and gave himself for me. Over half a dozen times there are scriptures that tell us that Jesus loved us. The first one of these verses is in John thirteen thirty four, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. In this verse it reveals a new commandment. This is not one of the Ten Commandments, but a new one that Jesus is proclaiming. The old commandment was that we love one another as we love ourselves. But he is telling us that we should love as he has loved us, and according to Ephesians 5, gave himself for us. Jesus is asking us to go farther and give to a point of sacrifice. Jesus is not calling us to be martyrs. We are to be living sacrifices, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The question here arises, are we being superficial in our love? The love of Jesus is far from superficial. As Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2 indicates, he gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice because of his love for us. There are a few other verses that indicate his love by what he gave us. We start in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. He loved the church and gave himself for it. Why? That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Jesus has sanctified you. He has set you apart from the world by sending the Holy Spirit to you. You are in the world, but no longer of the world. And you are cleansed. Sort of a double whammy there. Made holy and cleansed. So it's time for us to forget about our sin and remember his work on the cross that took away our sin. Jesus was the Lamb of God, given as our Passover sacrifice, so that we might receive the atonement and be reconciled to God. The last words of Jesus on the cross were, It is finished. He paid the price to redeem us from sin and reconciled us to the Father. Do not let your failure to perfectly walk and be obedient before Jesus as your Lord stop you from receiving the love he has already given you. Every verse that tells us about the love of Jesus towards us is in the past tense. He loved us, but he hasn't stopped. He does still love us because, as I mentioned earlier, he ever lives to make intercession for us. He is our advocate before the Father. Now, what else has Jesus given himself for us so that we might receive evidence of his great love? Let's look at Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, 
according to the will of God and our Father. Here it is very specific that he gave himself for our sins. He was our sin offering. And the result of him giving himself for sin is that he might deliver us from this present evil world. The word that is used here in the Greek for delivered is also used in other places in reference to the children of Israel being delivered from Egypt and Peter being delivered from jail. We are no longer in the land of bondage or in jail. We are free from our failures of disobedience. In the next verse in Timothy, it gives a wonderful description of the process of paying for our sins. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Because of Adam's transgression, we were, as I like to say, kidnapped by sin. A ransom was needed to free us from our kidnapper. Jesus was that ransom. So you have been delivered, as it says in Galatians 1.4, from this present evil world, which is a sinful world. And the greatness of this verse in Timothy says that he gave himself a ransom for all, for the whole world. Unfortunately, not everyone knows about what he did or has accepted the invitation to be set free. Others at times deny the full work of Jesus and that we must be good and do good to receive forgiveness. But we've already seen that Jesus was the one who sanctified us and cleansed us. Our works will never be good enough to make us good enough or holy enough or clean enough to stand before the Father. It is only through Jesus. The next verse definitely extends the weight of the truth of what Jesus has accomplished for us. We find this in Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. You are redeemed. Redemption is the act of setting free. The word redeemed and the word ransom come from the same root word. There's nothing holding you back. You're free to go. And it says that we are redeemed from all iniquity. Not just some, but all iniquity. There's nothing left on your record. It was wiped clean by the blood of Jesus. And you're purified, which is the same word as cleansed in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. Imagine you've been put in jail for crimes you've committed. Then one day, a new friend comes to the jail and pays for you to be set free. He picks you up as you leave and takes you to his father's house, which is huge, really huge. On the property is everything you could possibly need, and you have full access to it. This friend, this really good friend, introduces you to his father, who then adopts you and makes you one of his much-beloved children and tells you he's well-pleased with you. When the price was paid for you to be set free from jail, your criminal record has been completely erased. There is no evidence that you ever committed a crime. Now, as a child of your friend's father, who has now become your brother, 
you are fully resourced to become whatever you want to become. Your new brother sets you up with a counselor who will guide you and teach you everything you need. Are you feeling loved now? Can you see the gifts that you have been given? Jesus has done far more than give you flowers and chocolates. Jesus has done far more than take you out to a nice dinner. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where it says, He loved me and gave himself for me, it shows that the love of Jesus is towards the individual. If he's making intercession for you, as it says in Romans and Hebrews, then he has to know who you are. And who you are is who he loves. And who he loves, he trains and equips to become like him. Too many of us have voices in our heads telling us that we are not loved. Those voices tell us that we're not good enough to be loved. But the truth is that Jesus has made us good enough to be loved by him and the Father. There are so many people in our lives who may not see us as Jesus and the Father do. They see our failures of the past and will not forgive us. But you have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And though it would be nice to be loved by people in our lives, we cannot let their failure to forgive erase the gift of forgiveness and the fullness of salvation that you were given by Jesus, who loved you and gave himself for you. I will not doubt the love of Jesus given so free. He took my sin and nailed it to his tree. And from the scriptures I can fully see, he loved me and gave himself for me. Hopefully the verses I've shared with you today will show you, without a doubt, of the love of Jesus for you. Right now, as he sits at the right hand of the Father, he is making intercession for you. He's reminding the Father of his great work to redeem mankind from sin, to reconcile all of mankind back to him. It is finished. I don't know who it was that first made this statement, but it is so wonderful. It was not the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was his love for us. Perhaps it would be good to memorize some of these verses about the love of Jesus to us. These verses would be great weapons against any doubt or worry about us being good enough. When Jesus looked at you, he said, you were to die for. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the words I have spoken become godly seeds of truth of your love and the love of Jesus to all people. I pray that anything that is haunting anyone who has heard these words, that they are set free from those voices and that they can hear your voice and the voice of Jesus clearly telling them of your great love for them. As always, I look forward to hearing your comments on my Facebook page, Yesterday Ended, or if you need to speak with me directly, my email is dmdobbin at sbcglobal.net. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.